We're just stay-at-home moms. Actually, no. We're stay-at-home moms and proud. Keep the just out of it. In this episode, we talk about why. Like a sparrow building shelter with branches for its young. My mother built a nest with love for her little ones. My grandfather told her, doesn't matter what you have. The only thing you need for life is each other's helping hands. Never the emptiness, my mother always says. Spread your wings and fly, you can always come back to rest. Never the emptiness, my mother always says. Wherever you may go to grow, this will always be your home. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Never the Empty Nest. I am Nicole, and this is Jackie. My sister Vanessa is usually with us on these podcast episodes, but today she cannot be here. So, Mom, it's you and me. Here we are. Ooh, how are you? How was your day? The day's been pretty good. I usually overbook my days, but today I did not. So, I actually feel so relieved. And this is something I should do more often because it's so less stressful. Yeah. And so the day's been pretty good. That's good. And my day is a little stressful. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm always the one saying I'm so stressed out, but I'm not. I'm like, I'm usually okay. It's just there's a lot going on right now. As you guys know, I have a puppy and it's like having a newborn. And right this minute, I'm like, she's super asleep and I'm just praying she stays asleep because if not, I have to get up and take her out immediately or she will pee and poop in the house. So I have like that in my the back of my head and my son is in the same living room as the puppy eating ice cream on the floor. Um, and I uh, have no idea what's going on in there. And uh, I might have to stop and do something, but I hope not. So I'm a little stressed out. I also have like a 10-page dialogue self-tape audition to do right uh, right after this so it's a busy day that's why you're so stressed yeah yeah i have like a lot in my brain right now so it's like it's it's just and then zero sleep because the dog woke up at four in the morning but we're good we're alive we're healthy we have our health and love and everything so it's all good so let's just get into what we're gonna talk about today i thought it would be good to talk about being a stay-at-home mom, mm -hmm. the exhausting, thankless, full-time job that it is, the blessings and struggles of it, the shame that some women feel when they're asked what they do for a living and how some choose not to do it at all, how don't want to stay home, and how some struggle with the loss of identity when they leave the workforce and their professional lives and stay at home with their kids. Obviously, we're going to talk about our own feelings and experiences regarding this subject, but I, I thought it would be great to kind of listen to other women, other moms talk or write about their feelings and opinions about being a stay-at-home mom. So this first article that I found in Time, and I can't find her name on it. It's Angel Hamilton. Oh, thank you. I couldn't find it anywhere. I think it got cut off. My printer is really weird. But anyways, she starts the article and I'm not going to go through the whole list, the laundry list of what she does, but she started, she starts off literally going one by one, step by step, how her day looks, what her day looks like. And, oh, hold on. Okay. Okay. Hold yeah. on. The dog's eating ice cream. <laughs> so perfect for today's 
podcast. She, they wanted this labradoodle. They're super playful. Oh, here she is. Oh my gosh, I'm back. <laughs> Literally, I don't even know if they can have ice cream. And he was just like, that, don't worry about that. Licking all the ice cream mm -hmm. and just woke up. So I had to take her out to pee. So um, basically, this in this article, this mom starts talking about this long laundry list of stuff she does all day and how she hasn't even eaten by noon or I don't even know what. And she's just talking about all her chaotic, chaotic. Uh, basically, she says, you know, this is a snapshot of my life, keeping all the spinning plates up. And it's a balancing act that she loves. And But, you know, she says that when, when someone asks her what she does for a living, she like sheepishly says, oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. And then she asks herself, like, why, why, does she, why do I downplay this role? You know, she said, maybe it's because my career once defined me. You know, she was a leader in the nonprofit community in Kentucky, and she led an after-school program in her childhood inner-city neighborhood that was recognized for its success. She has a master's degree. She was on her way of fulfilling her dream of starting a private school for low-income children in her neighborhood. She was getting her PhD in urban education at Columbia. And, you know, she didn't go, and she didn't further her career. Uh, because she met someone, she got married, she had kids, and she stayed in Kentucky and stayed at home with her baby, which is what she said she wanted to do. She wanted to be present for all those moments, those first moments. And she asks herself, you know, if she wasted her education and all that time she poured into her career. And she said, you know, at first the pride of being a stay-at-home mom, you know, it didn't come overnight. But, you know, year after year, she realized that she didn't waste anything. You know, she poured so much of herself into other people's kids and now was her time. She had the opportunity of investing all of that energy into her own kids. And, you know, being able to stay at home with her kids is a privilege and she sees that and does not take it for granted. And though it's exhausting, it's rewarding for her. And then she, she, you know, starts to talk about also how she knows many other women who struggle with the decision to stay home with their kids. And they say when asked that they're just stay-at-home moms. And it could be difficult to take pride in a role that isn't recognized by society as real work. And by the way, I looked up what nannies make annually and more or less uh, in most cities. It's about $32,000 a year. That's some people's entire annual income. It is a job. People pay good money, rightfully so, to people <laughs> to watch and raise your kids. So it's, it's a job. But when they're your own kids and you do it, it's very thankless and unrecognized, right? I don't know if you want to step in or because later I want to talk about another article in the New York Times about this woman who really struggled with identity and kind of like the feminist in her couldn't believe she was staying at home and all that. We'll get into that. By the way, I think this topic, I want to say, has nothing to do with being feminist, in my opinion. I don't know if you feel that, Mom. First of all, I'm listening to you, right? And, and I skimmed through that article, too. I'm so glad you shared it with me. And it's really about respect yeah, for the people, moms or dads, or whoever it is, who choose to obviously stay home because that's where the office is when you take care of kids <laughs> or dogs. And so it's about respecting. And I think that's where the women who before having their kids have been professionals in whatever profession that might be. And when they switch, it's like when you switch professions, 
You lose that identity that you had before, where part of the respect that you had in your professional community, at least, and sometimes it blends into your personal life as well, because, oh, you know, you work and this is what you do. So there's sort of like an inherent respect there you do not get when you decide to stay home and rear your kids and raise them up and educate them and give them the tools that they need. So this is a really complex topic. Uh, Probably one podcast is not going to be enough because there are so many layers (laughs) to it. But if we stick to the fact of some people lose their identity also when they retire, by the way. So that's another podcast for another day. But in this sense, I was a stay-at-home mom. I think that the consensus is that, again, that there's no respect for the position, not realizing that the home is actually an enterprise, like a corporation. It has all these departments that need to be worked and led. And one of them is very important, which is the educating. I mean, we, you know, parents in general who particularly... In general, they can they are educators. Uh, those that stay home and and do it, uh, let's just say overtime, right? Because it's already a full time job, no matter if you work outside the house or not. So it's yeah. on overtime. So if that's your your front and center, your focus of every day since you wake up, then it is an enterprise, and you're an educator. And I've always seen it like that. I didn't have a problem with identity because I was so young. When I had Vane, I guess I was still searching for my identity as a whole. And I dropped out of uh, university. I went for three years and dropped out. So I never became that professional. It hit me when you girls went back, we started school, and I started interfacing and interacting with other women mm-hmm. who were professionals, who worked. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you feel a little minimized. And you yourself find the operative word is just, just a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Just a mom. Just, okay? But some people say that as a shameful thing. And then there's another argument that says, yes, I am just a stay-at-home mom because it's a real job. (laughs) You know, there's there's different uh, ways to take that. You're right. And I didn't think about that, but it has that. I, I think naturally it has a, a negative connotation. Of course. Yes. And, you know, it's frustrating as a, as a mom, as a stay-at-home mom, when people say, oh, um, do you work or do you just stay home with the kids? And, and it's infuriating at times because, well, it's quite clear that people who ask that question have never stayed home with their kids all day long. And I laugh because I think of friends during the pandemic. Remember when it first hit and everything was closed and my best friends that I've known my whole life who are who are out there and in, uh, in the workforce were pulling their hairs, calling me like, I'm going to go nuts if these kids don't start school again. I can't handle having them home all day and night. And I'm like, yeah, Rightfully welcome so. to my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy what we do. Yes, I wanted it, but it's a sacrifice too. There's things that I wish I could do also. But I put stuff on hold and you sacrifice certain things for the moment because they take over. They just do. And if you're home, mm-hmm. that's you have to be 150,000% engaged in them because you, you know. That's the job. That's what it calls for. That's the job. So you know what? I was just reading in this other article. It's so funny because she's like, you know, 
I realized, I found that, you know, when you're a mom, it makes you the go-to. You're not just a mom, you're a go-to of all things. I'm the go-to appointment maker, mess cleaner, grocery shopper, laundress, disciplinarian, shorter to cook, you know, all the psychologists, you know, you, you, you have all these professions that you need to be good at uh, or try to be good at to, to handle these humans that that you are in charge of. It is like, mm -hmm. it is a big deal. And by the way, super kudos, props, cookies, awards, all the things to those moms, those professional moms out there doing both. And I 150,000 billion percent respect you guys so much because they do both and you can do both it's hard and one or the other i think might probably suffer a little bit like you know it's hard to be a hundred percent everywhere but you can do both it reminds me of the movie baby boom mom because <laughs> you love can kind it. of you we should talk about baby boom um because it kind of talks about the topic of feminism the topic of a professional woman higher rank, you know, waiting for that promotion to be partner, you know, in this big corporation in Manhattan. Basically, it's a movie from the 80s with Diane Keaton. And who makes it? Nancy Myers? You love her. Nancy Myers. She Nancy knows Myers. Yeah. We she love you, Nancy life. Myers. But um, anyways, she doesn't have... Do you want to talk about that movie? It's an interesting movie because feminism was out there. Uh, not that it is never stopped, but it was front and center. Uh, women w wanted to get a place in the workforce, is still trying to, right? But at the same time, the, there's this professional woman, very smart, very successful, Diane Keaton, and her partner, uh, not married, they were just partners, lived together, shared everything uh, except their IRAs. And, um, and so she is confronted with having to raise her cousin's child because you know they uh she she became guardian they 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 had an accident they passed away and that's what they put on their will and she struggled with do i keep the kid do i let it go the thing is that something inside of her wanted to keep it and then so she you know nancy mirrors how it's so difficult for her to be the mom that she needed to be uh, the parent and also have the career and even her boss telling her you can't have it all and so then you know then it it, it goes on and how she gives up the big job moves to the country with the baby it's hilarious by the way to vermont to vermont <laughs> To a falling apart, uh, big, beautiful mansion, the money pit. <laughs> the money pit house. She has a breakdown. But she starts unfolding Nancy Myers and, and Diane Keaton, how, how um, she reinvented herself professionally. But then there's that lapse where she, she loses herself, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think that this is from what Nikki was describing, and I think it's repetitive in these articles and in what seems to be lighthearted movies like that, where you get caught. You get caught. The parent, the woman, the mother gets caught in this dichotomy. Yeah. What do I want? What can I do? Who was I? What do I want to be? That's why this topic is so complex. Maybe when Vane joins us, we can talk about that as well. 
the moms who are professionals, who, who stay out there and work during these magic years for the kids, you know, they also have that incredible pressure, stress to produce deadlines, commitments. And at the same time, they are the mother, the parent. That's why I say I give it to the moms who do both because yes. I couldn't um, do yeah. both full force. It took me a few years to be able to at least do a couple acting jobs, start writing music again, because right. I had two babies back to back and it's a lot. Like you just, mm -hmm. you cannot sit there and concentrate and do other things while you have two babies. <laughs> but you do start getting that itch again. And not everyone. I used to work with someone at Bloomingdale's, she's the sweetest woman, Sandy, who was a stay-at-home mom forever till her kids like went to college. And she said, I had zero problem doing that. That's all I wanted to do. I had no desire to have another career. And that's what she wanted. And that's great. And that doesn't mean that you're stuck in 1950s or that you're not feminist. That's just what she wanted to do. Just like Vanessa wants to go full force of work. And I want to do a little bit of both at this point where my kids are a, a little older, you know, four and six, where it's a little more, which by the way, it's still hard because I've had to literally pause talking like three times already because my four-year-old just doesn't understand that I'm working. But there's so many ways that you can figure this out, right? And there's no right or wrong. That's why when we started, I say this is about respect. It's about respect for the, the parent because this happens to men as well. You know, uh, either single fathers or homes where the man decides to stay home because that's the best thing for that family. And so it's about respect for that position. Obviously, traditionally, it's the stay-at-home mom, but it's the respect for that person who stays home in that enterprise, engineering all these things, where you probably need a few people, if you were to hire out, you probably need, you know, someone to take care of, like a secretary, like an yeah. administrative assistant. Oh, yeah. You need actually. an assistant. It would be great. It would be great if I could have an assistant. <laughs> and some households and enterprises do. Yeah. Even if the person is not seeking a full fledged professional, they still have the assistance that they need, right? Because it's a it's a big enterprise. It's a big enterprise to raise children. And so I think that this is what it is, is how can we raise the bar so that society can have some respect for the people who choose for a few years or their entire life, stay home mm -hmm. and teach and put up with the little humans. That's what I would like to see. We all have that desire, right? To make a difference in the world. What am I going to leave behind? And for instance, this woman who helped her, she was amazing in her community with the non-for-profit, for education, for kids. Uh, she did that a lot for other families. And so it was her turn in her head and in her heart to do it for her household and her enterprise. But then she was confronted with what we often, I, I felt it for many, many years you know, until I surrendered and I, you know, I didn't care how big or how small people thought my motherhood or position was. And when I went back to the workforce, I lost my identity again because my identity was to be home educating and, and raising my kids. So I think it's how do we get and what do we do so that 
the planet understands how important this role is, no matter who does it. Right. And how and and what it takes to do it. And I think that that's the the, the repetitive thing. You know what it takes to do this in a most wonderful way like if you're a professional right or you you work anywhere you want to be the best at what you do so if a mom or this person that wants to parent their child all the time and not delegate that to anyone then they deserve that respect because it's a big job it's a very big job and not that it's a smaller job for those who choose to go out and come back sometimes it's a bigger job because now they have two things to do yeah, absolutely and this other person can just has to concentrate on this so it's it's complicated but i think that we can do it and i think that just baby steps let's just not call it just a stay-at-home mom <laughs> exactly <laughs> like this mom was like i get it being a mom is hard for everyone i understand the struggle i just want my struggle to be acknowledged too Exactly. And she says, in my line of work, there are no breaks, no sick days, no time off. Though the rewards are vast, there are no promotions, no raises. The work, no matter what, <laughs> exceptional, often goes unnoticed. I don't resent my job. In fact, I love it. But it is a job, and I wish everyone could see that. And that's how she ends the article. There's, a, I think you're talking about the second article, Jenny Studdenroth. And I think it's, uh, I don't remember. Yes. I don't know what publication this is. Uh, medium it says medium okay yeah. but mm -hmm. she ends it perfectly and she says in my line of work there are no breaks no sick days and no time off right. though the rewards are vast there are no promotions and no races like right. you were saying nikki the work yeah. no matter how exceptional often goes unnoticed and she says i don't resent my job in fact i love it but it is a job and this is a line that I love. And I wish everyone could see that. I just loved that because that's that's the point, right? No, mm -hmm. And there doesn't need to be uh, pointing fingers, I work harder than you, or that's not fair. It's just, we all do what we personally want to do with our lives and our children and what we feel comfortable doing, what we desire instinctually, you know, instinctively. Um, I think you lose part of yourself every time you kind of move forward i don't necessarily i don't think of it as losing yourself but you're kind of reinventing yourself constantly as a human being and as a mother and as a woman mm -hmm. it's not an identity it could be an identity crisis and it happens but it's only because your identity is changing because you're not just what you were anymore you're that plus being a mother and so it changes you. So yes, it's, it's an identity change. And some people have a harder time than others adjusting, but it's all hard. It's always hard. But I feel like you said, just like when people retire, any change like that, or when we went to school, talking about leaving the, the nest, you know, you have that identity crisis all over again, the other way around, you know, oh God, now I got used to having my kids around. And now I'm going back to what do I do, me, myself, and I? without waking up and boom, the kids, boom, the kids all day long, every five seconds, every move you make, every choice you make, everything you say, you have to worry about because did I say this thing? Was I too harsh? Was I too soft? Am I a pushover? If I say this, will it crush her spirit? Everything you do <laughs> is so stress. Like you have to stress about when you're a mom 
and and you're just talking all day long. You're talking, you're talking, you're talking, and you're explaining and explaining, and you're like, God, it's exhausting. And it's exhausting having to go to work and talk and talk and talk and, and work and work and work and go back home and do that with your kids. It's all exhausting. It's exhausting to be a mother. It's a, obviously a parent. There are fathers, dads, men who do this too, by the way. You know, it's funny. It's funny because, you know, in a world where, and rightfully so, you need a license or a degree to do specialized jobs. Yeah. You drive, you have to have a license. You, you know, you become a parent and a mom. And yes, there are many books out there, but you don't go through any preparation and there's nothing in any book that will prepare you for that. So... It is all very, very interesting, very complex, very simple at the same time, and many layers to this, many, many layers. So I hope that we actually should continue this conversation, maybe not in the next podcast, but if our listeners hear anything or think of anything that we can talk about that will get us closer uh, somehow to that respect that this profession deserves, then that would be great. Yeah, I was going to say, I would love to hear from other women and other moms that go through this and have a totally different experience from us or can share their connection to this. I think this is a big conversation. I think this affects literally like every mother in, and it's not in this country, in the world. Everyone has to go through this. Everyone has to make decisions. And I would love to continue this conversation. And even with Vane, I kind of wish Vane, Vanessa was here because yeah. she's like on the other, the opposite spectrum of, of me, right? right? And it's all hard. Like I said, like when I'm here at home now at this point, you know, Joaquin was supposed to start school and I was so excited about it because as much as I loved <laughs> being home, it's a lot. Like I literally have zero time for myself and I started to do some acting and I'm starting, I'm working on my album. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to get so much done. And then, you know, because of the pandemic, I said, no, it's too stressful. I'm keeping him here. So now I'm kind of like, Ooh. so it's hard. Sometimes I cry about it. Listen, I have meltdowns. There are times I have to go into the bathroom and cry. And there are times that I need to sit in that balcony with a glass of wine and tell my husband, like, it's daddy duty. And he doesn't mind. He's super. Listen, my husband is super hands on dad, super engaged when he's here. He just works all day long. So, it's you know, it's me all day because he's off at work. But why do we all women? Because I cry in the bathroom. too. That's another podcast. <laughs> you That is another podcast. Because why is it not okay for your kids to see you cry? Although I have my kids have seen me cry many times. So I don't know if that's good Independent or bad. Independent from that. Why do we go to cry in the bathroom? I don't know. I think because we have shame. It's this whole shame issue with women. I don't know. It's just the bathroom. What is it about I bathrooms? I had a, I have a song called Sitting on the Bathroom Floor. I know. And Elizabeth Gilbert in her book, you know I love Elizabeth Gilbert, in her book, Eat, Pray, Love, um, she says, she goes, when I read it, I said, yeah, man, I went to the bathroom too. I, that's where I cried. And actually, that's where I heard, you know, God. So it's, it's very interesting. And, and I just wrote myself a note and said, why do we women go and cry in the bathroom? It's true, because when I saw that movie, I said, oh, God, I, I've done that so many times. Why yeah. do we do that? I think maybe because it is, it's like a quiet, dark space, and it, it like allows you to like release and, like I guess, just think. 
Maybe. I have no idea. It's it's a good thing to, we should like, okay, anyone out there that's a psychologist or <laughs> anyone that's like a behavior analyst that wants to analyze or tell us why women tend to run to the bathroom in the dark and cry on the floor. Or is it just us and Elizabeth Gilbert? I mean, really. Or maybe it's just us and Elizabeth Gilbert. I think that we can end it there today. Yeah, and 100%. wish everybody a wonderful week ahead. And if you have any feedback for us on this so important topic, mm -hmm. let us know. We'd love to hear from you, really. Especially if it's the opposite of what we're saying. Yeah. I mean, open, open up our world, our exactly. horizon. Maybe we're exactly. stuck somewhere. <laughs> okay. Love you, everybody. Love See you, you next time. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs> All of your success, she says, all the great things ahead. I'll be here when it's time.